You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is courtesy of Big Mike, Wade, and John, the Fall Guy theme. Best TV uh, theme songs. We've been talking about this this morning. Big in Mike. honor of the Dallas Stars being in town. And just my stupid brain went to the theme song from Dallas, which is a total banger. Um, bottom of the hour, uh, numbers on our discussion yesterday of uh, three on two overtime when you're shorthanded. We'll do that. But right now, uh, one of our favorites, NFL analyst, CBS Sports, the Ross Tucker football podcast. Mr. Ross Tucker. Good morning, sir. On the Tom's House of Pizza. Uh, read, excuse me. Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. How dare I besmirch the good name of uh, Tom's House of okay, Pizza. chaotic today. Sorry. Uh, Ross, what's going on? Uh, what's going on is I love Tom's House of Pizza. Me My too. question is, yes. how do you spell Okotoks? Okotoks. Spell um, it. It is uh, O-K-O-T-O-K-S. Okotoks. Okotoks. Okay, yeah. where's the other place it is? Calgary, which you're speaking to right now. Yeah, no, I know. You yep. said and that they have two locations. Calgary, Calgary and Okotoks. Okotoks. Yeah, where is that? Uh, Matty? South, just a little bit. Not too far town. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I could probably get here, get to Okotoks in a half hour, 40 minutes, maybe. There you go. I used to call All hockey right, well, team. When, I, when, I, when you guys fly me up there. Yep. That's the, that's the Tom's House of Pizza I want to go to. Yeah, for sure. I've been Done. waiting my whole life to go to a Tom's House of Pizza yep. in Okotoks. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to ask you, uh, your favorite TV theme song? Ooh, gosh. You got to give me some heads up on these so I can, like, think about it. But I, li- but I um, like your natural organic reaction, too. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, I know. But, like, I, I, I don't really watch TV. You used Other to, though, sports. right? Yeah. Um, I used to, but, like, I don't really remember that many. I feel like, um, you know what the first one that came to my head? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Okay. And then you, I'm going to, like, sing it? sing it. Okay. And then you guys tell me what it's from. Okay. All right? Gotcha. You guys ready? Yep. Eighteen. That's eighteen. Yeah, 100% A team. You're pretty good. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Like, we would like. How many of the A team can you name right now if I gave you $10,000 per A team member? Uh, there's B.A. Baracus, which was Mr. T. There was Face. Yep. Uh, there was Murdoch. Oh, that's three. Uh, who is the weird guy? Oh. No, the weird guy is Murdoch. Oh, that's right. Murdoch. I can't remember the name of the boss. Oh, uh,. Um, damn it. Who was my brother is screaming Hannibal? at the radio. Yeah, Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal. George, George Papard. Yes. So those are the four. Hannibal, yeah. Face, Murdoch was like the wild guy, and then yeah. Mr. T was B.A. Baracus. Yeah. I love, they had the black van. Oh, yeah. The, did black, you, the awesome black van. Did you have one of those as a kid, um, as a toy? I black van, by the way. I was at some... Some event one time, and they had the A-Team band there. It was awesome. It was next to Kit from Knight Rider. Nice. Incredible. I love Knight Rider. Anyway, I think, that's what I think I'm going to go with that. Although, there's no words in that one, but yeah. I don't know. You asked me a question, off the t- and that's the first thing that came to my head. Hey, we're going to play you out with the A-Team theme, okay? That's what we're going to do. At okay, the end of the interview, good. we're going to play Are you out with the real one.
yeah, the, the real, real one or my exquisite version that I just blessed your listeners with? You know, maybe both. Maybe if we can marry okay. both together, because I did like <laughs> well, your version. A scale of one to ten, how a scale of one to ten, how good was mine? Oh, uh, I'd, I'd say eight. Wow, that's yeah. very good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I can be the Simon Cowell of all this. Probably about a six. I think it was a good oh. six. Oh, okay. Um, Let me hear you do it. Well, no, uh, can I give you the one that I think I have a talent for? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the mash theme. You know the mash theme. It. Yeah. Yeah, I just like to do it with my mouth. Your thoughts. That's pretty good. Thanks. Thanks. That's pretty good. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you're doing that. I feel like your hands are involved. <laughs> no, they're not no, actually. He, he doesn't. He just does it with his mouth. It's very impressive. It's one of my hidden talents. Yes, it's yeah. one of the many. <laughs> Party trick. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Hey. Do you guys ever think? Yeah. There's like a lot of hardworking people. Oh yeah. Driving to work right now. Like yeah. And all they can think about right now is like we're idiots. These clowns are getting paid for this right now. Yeah, I know. Like what? What did I like? These people that are driving like their hard job. (laughs) Yeah. All they're thinking about in their car right now is what did I do wrong? (laughs) Where I can't just make up theme songs. And say I'm into a microphone yep. and get paid by someone to do that. Mm, yep. We're yep. lucky. Hey, I wanted to ask you this question. Saw you posting um, on Twitter about you running out on the field for the Cowboys on U.S. Thanksgiving, which was super awesome. So good. Do you remember who the yeah. halftime show was for that game? No. Oh, I got to look it up. It was the it was the year after Creed. Oh. Everybody, that was the... everybody always talks about Creed. Yep. 2001. Because every time I tell them I started for the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, they're always like, was that the Creed year? Was that the Creed year? <laughs> and I'm like, no. All right, we're going to look Creed it up for year you. year was the year before. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. What year was this, Ross? 2002. That, you Leanne know Rimes. That'd be great, actually, if you could look that up. Leanne Rimes. Oh, that's Cowboys not bad. Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, as a player, you're off the field. Yeah. Before the halftime show comes out, and when you come back out, the halftime show's gone. I have no idea. I mean, I didn't hear him. I didn't. I, none. It was Leanne Rhymes. There you go. Is that who it was? In yeah. 2002. Yeah. Pretty good. Interesting. Cowboys beat What's Washington right 27-20. I, I couldn't name one of her songs right now to save my life, but I'm sure there's one. Oh, hey, can't fight the moonlight. The how can I? Yeah. <laughs> na, 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 without you. Na, 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 without you. Yeah. That's is a that Trisha Yearwood. Yeah, that's How a Trisha. How do I live yeah. without that's, you? That is a Trisha Yearwood cover of from Leanne Rhymes. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, do you guys know? Did I tell you that I. You must. You brought her name up. You must have already. We must have already talked about this. That I. Staying with Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks on the stage at the Grand Ole Opry? No, of course you never told us this story. I would re- totally remember this. <laughs> well, hey, hey, did I ever tell you the story when it went to space with Buzz Aldrin? You're like, what? <laughs> no, you haven't. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Allegedly. Okay, go so, ahead. So, um, when I was a player, he probably still has it, but Garth Brooks had this big charity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what it's called, but like athletes and something. And um, it was pretty cool because he had 
so many great corporate partners that like every dollar you would donate, he would triple. Just like crazy impressive, right? The corporate partners would triple. So he would have two events, uh, one event in the summer and then one event like in the winter. The, The winter event is when the baseball guys would go. The summer event it was just hockey and NFL guys. Mm. And because um, the hockey guys, it was always terrible because <laughs> it was like July. So the hockey guys had like just finished their season and they were so happy. You know, like they were just starting their off season. Meanwhile, we were like three weeks away from training camp, right. which is the worst. <laughs> and so that was always uh, interesting. But it was in Vegas a couple of years. And one year it was in Nashville. And the first night, he had, like, a party at his barn at his house in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So we go, and uh, I'm talking with Trisha Yearwood. And uh, my wife was really into one of her songs, the song that goes, She's in love with the boy. She's mm. in love with the boy. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, great mm-hmm. song. Yeah. So I tell Trisha Yearwood how much I love that song. And she's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So the next night, and this is kind of like what you're paying for, right? Like, you know, you, 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 you donate the money, and then the next night you're at the Grand Ole Opry, and Garth Brooks is just up there, like, playing a private concert, right? So the next night we're at the Grand Ole Opry. Garth Brooks is on stage with Trisha. He's playing, like, a private concert. Trisha Yearwood gets on the mic, and she's like, uh, you know, before I sing this next song, there was a guy I met last night. No way. Big guy, football player, and uh, he said he really liked it. So I was kind of hoping, and I'm like looking at my wife, and she's, I was kind of hoping he'd come up and sing it with me. <laughs> I think his name was Ross. And my <laughs> wife and I look at each other like, because I'm not like, I don't know all the words. I just know the, the chorus. Yeah. So... I go up on the stage. I'm 325 pounds. I go up there, and everybody's going nuts. All the hockey guys, all the NFL guys, they're going crazy. (laughs) So I'm on the stage at Grand Ole Opry. Garth Brooks has a single guitar. Trisha and I have the two microphones. And I look at her, and and she's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I love the song, but I don't know all the words, you know? And uh, she says to me, okay. It's really hard. Here's how it goes. You ready? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I'm in love with the boy. I'm in love with the boy. Oh, she's in love with the boy. She's in love with the boy. She's in love with the boy. Can you handle that? I was like, yes, I can handle that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she st- we, we start singing. Garth Brooks starts playing. And I'm like, she's in love with the boy. <laughs> and then I sing the part. And even if they have to run away, <laughs> she's going to marry that boy. So, and the place went I mean, imagine like a 325 pound lineman who's the worst singer, as you guys just heard, of all time Mm -hmm. up there with Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks singing that song. I have it on video somewhere. Uh, John Dornboss, a longtime long snapper, sent to me. Mm. So, anyway, that's my uh, story of doing a duet with Trisha Yearwood with Garth Brooks on guitar on the stage at the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he never told that story to no, us that before, one's Ross, and it's sure. uh, incredible. Like how, like, how much adrenaline was coursing through your body when you were doing that? Um, so I'm not really like a 
country music fan. I, I am now, but I wasn't then. My wife was. And so, like, the Grand Ole Opry didn't, like, that's not like Lambeau Field to me. You know what I mean? Like, that didn't mean that yeah. much to me. And also, um, I don't know if it was adrenaline, like, excitement as much as, like, embarrassed because I'm a terrible singer and now I got to sing in front of all these people. Mm. You know, it was more like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It wasn't like, yes, I get to do this. It was like, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. They're all going to laugh at me. <laughs> but like I gave it, it's like anything in life. It's like with the A-team thing or your mash thing. Mm -hmm. Like if you just genuinely go all out, it's an important lesson for everybody driving around, right? Yep. Like if you're going to do something, dancing in front of people, singing in front of people, like whatever, just go all out. Yeah. Like, just go. You're not going to be good regardless. So you, you might as well impress people with your sincerity, authenticity, mm. and your effort, and then they'll appreciate it. I got, like, I got a standing out. It was amazing. Um, if we were to told the Ross Tucker from 25 years ago that you liked country music or you put fish on a salad, which one from Ross from 25 years ago would be more surprised? Ooh, great question. Um, probably country music. Oh, okay. Because I, I think I would have thought I would never like, nah, well, it, it, before Garth Brooks. But because then once I started to go there, um, once I started to go to his charity events, that's kind of when I started to like it a little bit. Because he's up there doing like, blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boot. Like, so I started to like, I got it then. Like, I got what people liked about it. Yeah. So, but before that, I would have said country music because, I don't know, I just didn't care for it. I thought every song sounded the same. And uh, I guess I could have foreseen maybe liking Fish at some point. But, yeah, life is funny. I mean, yeah. there's no way. Like, I'm going to a, con I'm going to a country concert tomorrow night. Awesome. Chase Rice is the only weekend of the year of the football season where I don't have a game. So tomorrow night at Penn State, I'm going to see Chase Rice and Old Dominion. You guys know either one of them? Uh, our technical director, who you talked to before you speak to us, uh, GVP, he is a huge country music guy. Like, oh, yeah. massive country music fan. So he's jealous well, he right now. he probably knows about Chase Rice and Old Dominion. GVP? And I'm going to be... Uh, I saw Old Dominion at a Stampede this year. with those boys tomorrow night. There you go. Yeah, he, sold all, he saw Old Dominion, at, uh, Old Dominion at Stampede this year. So that's awesome. There you go. Love it. Um, I know yeah, you got they're incredible. I've seen them once before. I know you got to go. Um, I'm going to ask you one football question. Yeah. D Dak Prescott, legitimate MVP candidacy. For sure. Okay. For sure. Because he's playing really, really well. He's in prime time standalone game tonight. And I guess he'll, I think he'll play well against Seattle. And then next Sunday night, they play the Eagles there's a pretty decent chance that the Eagles lose to the Niners on Sunday. So that game will be for basically first place in the NFC East or to tie it. Yeah. So if Dak plays really well these next two games and Hurts, who's the favorite right now, loses these next two games, you'll see a, a seismic shift mm. in the odds. And it'll probably be Dak in first and maybe rightfully so he's played really really well 
Um, is this Mike McCarthy doing the play calling and kind of maybe flipping the narrative on his being so conservative running the football first? Because out of the bye, they've been throwing the football a lot more down the field, especially to CeeDee Lamb. Is this like a Mike McCarthy revenge tour kind of thing going on right now? I think it's gone way, way, way better than anybody anticipated and certainly than I anticipated. Much better. Um, he acted like all he wanted to do was run the ball and keep his defense off the field, but it's not what he's doing, you know? Uh, Got to ask you about uh, – we were ta- we had a conversation yesterday at the bar uh, about Justin Herbert. Um, is he a top-10 quarterback in the league? No, he's probably top five. Whoa, okay. Why? He's e- easily, easily top-10 quarterback. He's really, really good. Okay. I mean, it's not his fault that the other guys drop passes or that they fumble or mm. that he's got a terrible coach or that the defense stinks. Yeah, these were he's all really the points good. yesterday, yeah. But, but other than I that, the Chargers are a good I, team? I think he's really, really – I think he's really good. Like, I think he's a, a top-five quarterback in the NFL. And I think most people think that, right? Like, Interesting. If you said to the Carolina Panthers or the Jets, you know, you could have any quarterback. I think it'd be like Mahomes. You know, they would talk about Hurts and Josh Allen, but I think they would take Herbert. I think every team would take Herbert a lot higher than people realize. Interesting. Got to ask you, um, holidays are coming up. Do you have uh, anything that I, I might be able to uh, maybe uh, get here? I, I'm meeting my grandparents a little bit later on today, and, and I'm trying to kind of lay out the land for what they might want for Christmas. Do you have Ooh. any ideas for something Ooh, I can get I, my grandparents? I get the best gift ever. I get the best gift ever, especially for grandparents. But really, a spouse or a parent, whatever, it's even better, believe it or not, which is hard to believe, than a gift certificate to Tom's House of Pizza in Okadokes. Wow. Um, it's called MyFrontPageStory.com. Literally, as you're driving to Tom's House of Pizza, you talk to one of their writers on the phone for 10 minutes, tell them how great your grandparents are. They write this unbelievable story. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper, framed pictures of your grandparents, with all the grandkids and quotes from you and the other grandkids saying how much you admire them, how much you love them, they will cry. Grandpa and grandma will cry. I pretty much guarantee it. And you'll be so happy that you gave it to them. It'll be hanging in their house until they pass. And then even at that point, you guys can have it hanging in your house to remember the best grandparents ever. It's myfrontpagestory.com myfrontpagestory.com. Trust me, fellas. Um, Ross, there's only one thing left to do here. Do, do you want to sing along before you say goodbye? Well, Wait I want to get to the good <laughs> Great stuff as so usual, good. Ross. So good. So good. See you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Here he is, Ross Tucker. Um, NFL analyst, CBS Sports, Ross Tucker football podcast, myfrontpagestory.com. Courtesy of our great friends of Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. I love that we go on these tangents with Ross and we literally talk about football for like a minute. Yeah. Just a smidge at the end. Yeah. A little bit, but that story of like being on stage with Trisha Yearwood, yeah, it's really good. Garth Brooks, yeah. it's incredible. 
He's right on Justin Herbert. That was kind of where I was at yesterday when we were having the conversation. Top five, too. he said, too. Yeah. He was very adamant. He goes outside of the Chargers, you know, dealing with injuries, have a bad coach and a terrible defense. Other than that, they're fine. Yep. Everything's fine well, in Los Angeles. I, I don't think that was his point. I think no. his point was that's what's holding Justin Herbert back. It wasn't apart from that. Yeah. They, what they have is they have a quarterback. Yeah. Which is the hardest thing to get. Yeah. Well, apparently the rest is also very hard if you were the Chargers. Yeah. Um, and they don't also have don't really have a home field advantage either. No. Because no. when the Chargers play like That's the Raiders, good, it's and all the cheapest Raiders owners fans. in football. Not really. Yeah. In Dean Spanos. Cheaper than the Bengals? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. They're, they're poorer than the Bengals. Mm. Mm. Poorer. Poorer. Which yeah. is like a which really, is a, really fun yeah. term to use. With. When you're talking billionaires. Um, <laughs> billionaires. Real quick, because um, I you, want... Can I ask you something football related? Sure. Did you see Machine Gun Kelly's ask oh my for God. Travis Kelsey? No, what? So, New Heights podcast, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Travis and Jason. Yes. Uh, they invited Machine Gun Kelly on. I can't. I don't really know what the context is. I haven't gotten that far through the episode, but one of the things that has made its rounds hmm. is that... Mr. Machi- Megan Fox? Machine Gun... Sure. Mr. Machine Gun Kelly yeah. offered Travis Kelsey $500,000 to come play for the Browns. Wow, that's a... Wow. Doesn't really get how contracts work in the end. Yeah, no, he doesn't understand that. Yeah. No, just five hundred thousand dollars. I know that's the, that's what everyone's saying. Like, I think Travis Kelsey probably makes that in what? What is this? What is this? That's like yeah. half a game check. Like, like thanks, <laughs> but no thanks. Yeah. yeah, I think his answer was, "It's going pretty well in Kansas City right now." Yeah, I'm doing pretty well here. Thanks. And David and Joku's like, "What about me?" Yeah. Chief Slam. I'm in good. Yeah, damn right he has been. Yeah, he has been good. He's like, when? You know what? Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, See, 500 are, yeah. grand. These are celebrities <laughs> that clearly aren't watching the games. They're yeah. all like, oh, yeah, no my idea. favorite team that I haven't watched in years. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, he's good still, right? Yeah, like, I'll pay him money to come play for my team. Um, Dak Prescott, MVP, wouldn't that be insane? Oh, that would just make. But it helps that he plays for the Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, my God. But goodness. he's earning it. The yeah, thing is he's, well. he's earning it. Ever since the bye week, they're throwing that football down the field more, and they've been a lot more like effective. Said, he gets wins over these next two weeks, prime time. Beats somebody, beats though. Beats Seattle. Beats somebody. And beats Philadelphia next Sunday. Yeah. And they're both at, both at AT&T, which Dallas has won by an average of like 28 points. Mm-hmm. 13 straight wins at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not bad. It's a damn good football. But again, advantage. football is better when Dallas is relevant. It mm-hmm. just is. Yeah, because they're easy to dislike. Well, yeah. But like they're the Leafs of... The NFL. Like, here's the thing. If we want to talk about him being an MVP right now, by all means. Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. Like, that's a run. And then, and, then, and then they close the season in Washington. Like, he runs that. If he gets, talk like, to me, talk to me after week 17. That? Four and two in that stretch? That, yeah. You're probably doing all right. Here's the thing. I wouldn't go by wins and losses because this is also a defense that can win games. Oh, yeah. They've single-handedly won me fantasy matchups this year. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. Really, easily be really, Ron Bland, really bad. Ron Bland with six pick sixes, the which Cowboys, has never happened this year. The Cowboys defense might I thought be... he was a five. He's no, at five. Was, I thought it was six. No, the, the record was five the record, on Sunday. The record oh, was, was four. He got his fifth. Yeah. Oh, okay. But still, yeah. that's still incredible. Like, yeah, 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 there's yeah. Legit Deion th- Sanders only had, like I think, eight or six in his entire he had, career. He had nine pick sixes. Okay, yeah. which is incredible. And this guy has five in a season. And he's not Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, but he, Trayvon he took, Diggs was a boomer bust corner. Deron Bland took Trayvon Diggs' is. spot. Yeah, is a boomer bust corner. Like yeah, he like, takes a lot like, of chances and then gets torched. The thing sometimes. is, Deron no, Bland's probably that, not playing if Trayvon Diggs is. That's healthy. what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> no, but Michael Parsons is the key to that defense because that guy's just a freak. Demarcus Lawrence, one, he's a hell of a player too. What Michael yeah, Parsons is. does allows Trayvon Diggs to Correct. do what he does. Correct. 
Um, straight ahead, uh, we'll tee up the uh, Flames and Stars tonight down at the Dome. And also, I have numbers to back up my stupid idea yesterday that if you missed, we'll rehash next. It's the big show. Oh, and by the way, Jeff Merrick at the top of the hour. Big Show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, hi there. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, we're taking TV themes in honor of Dallas being in town to play the Flames tonight because it made me think of the Dallas TV show theme, the the OG one, which is an absolute banger. Made sense, sure. Um, yeah, it always kind of right makes on. Sense. It yeah. makes sense to me. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, we have uh, been taking your TV themes all morning. 960, 960, name and location. This is the theme to Simon and Simon. Randy texted this in most Randy. Recently. Oh, Randall. Randy's not a name. It's a lifestyle. Sure is. Uh, keep him rolling in. 960, 960. Name and location. At the top of the hour, Mr. Jeff Merrick from 32 Thoughts and the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Brendan Parker, Flames TV at 830. And we'll do our big bets brought to you by Sports Select. For one, Matt Rose and his impressive record. Yeah, um, dude. It's pretty cool, hey? Yeah. It's pretty Pre- good. Pretty swell. Pretty swell. If I just stopped betting on hockey, I'd be I'd be rolling in it. Yeah, but um, I just can't help myself. Take the over tonight. Between no, the, uh, I'm not going to. I'm not stars. gonna. I'm Lots not gonna do goals. anything. I'm not gonna lock. I'm stop. No, <laughs> it's a shoe. It's a giant shoe. <laughs> lock. I hate. I, that's always hilarious, dude. To literally, me. since we stopped doing the locks of the day for Calgary Lock and Safe, yep. I don't know if I've won a hockey bet. Really? It's been a nightmare. Terrible. Awful. Mm. Across the board. I said I wasn't going to do it. I didn't bet on hockey for like two weeks. My buddy's like, oh, Vegas money line against the Oilers. It's basically free money. Get get right Free money. Yeah. What? (laughs) Free money. No such thing. Vegas on a back-to-back. I was like, it's not, but okay. I would love to bet against the Oilers today. Right. Uh, and apparently they want Jack Campbell to start again. They're they going to recall him. They're going to. They're, they're, they're right now. They Jack don't have Campbell's many options. In the plans of the Edmonton Oilers. He has to be in the plans. Yeah, that, <laughs> I would agree with Patrick. I don't know what the other. Yeah. Well, it's choices. Well, it's the team looks really good when ninety seven scoring like fifteen points in like three games. Hey, if like, they win helps. eight two every night, listen, they're doing all right. Listen, yeah. <laughs> three points yeah. a period. I think it's sustainable. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. If you're Connor McDavid, and they're in Winnipeg tonight. You know what? I'm I'm kind of sick of myself bring that I, I didn't bet him to win the yard. What like, did you just say? I said bring it. Okay, that's <laughs> even, what I thought you said <laughs> even when he was like a hundred and whatever in scoring. I wonder what his odds were to win the Art Ross. They were probably still minus. They're probably like I he don't was know. probably still or he probably still like was. plus two hundred. Even that's good value. Yeah. I wonder what he is right now. It's what, he, what is he right now to win the heart? Well, he's top ten in score. He's got to be still minus. McDavid like, to win the heart. Probably yeah, right now. Still Let me minus. See here. If he if he can pull the Oilers out, it might be the biggest biggest job that McDavid's ever done. Oh no, he's a, and he's it would a be a lock for the heart, especially with Jack Hughes getting hurt and kind of slowing down just a little bit with New Jersey because he seems like yeah. the trendy pick. Yeah, to be the uh, Elias Patterson winner. is a nice pick out in yeah. Vancouver. Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, one yeah. of those defensemen could win an Art Ross and the Heart and the Norris. Could you imagine that? Well, if one of them wins the Art Ross, they're winning the Heart. Yeah, like like yeah, like did Or ever win Art Ross? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Connor McDavid, uh, the current book I'm looking at, 355. He is the favorite. Wow. <laughs> Plus 355? Yep. That's good value. Damn right. You're not going to get value like that for much longer. No. no. Get on that one now. <laughs> That's actually a really good bet. <laughs> and this book I find usually has not the best prices. So just throwing it out there. Interesting. Hmm. 
Jack Hughes second at four, plus four seventy. Mm. Where's the first flame? To win the uh, <laughs> the first flame. Who would, would be the favorite? Markstrom is probably the favorite. Yeah. Oh, I just, have done it just, just learned that Mil- Miller's first names are Jonathan and Tanner. There you oh, go. Oh, that's JT. Yeah, Jonathan oh. Taylor Miller. Jonathan Tanner. Oh, Jonathan Miller. Tanner. I think I'm going to start calling him Jonathan Tanner. Mm. Might put that in the repertoire. Load okay. that one up. I don't see any flames on this list, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, huh, that's crazy. Um, you said Bobby Orr, the only defenseman to lead the Johnny Winnie Gaudreau's Ross on here. So he is the only one. 70. 69, 70, 74, 75. McCarr and Hughes could very well do that. That's scary. Because, again, to me, McCarr <laughs> is the second. I, I, I think the goals won't, won't be an, uh, enough for them to keep up in an Art Ross race, but they should definitely still be nominated That's for the insane. heart. And as long as Kale McCarr stays healthy. Oh, yeah. And then when he moves into the new arena here with Calgary Flames, <laughs> and he signs his free agent. Yeah, that's a really good. If point. I keep, we'll name one of the entrances listen, after him. Listen, yeah. <laughs> listen I'm, I'm I'm doing like the Oprah thing. I'm, it's the secret where I'm putting it into the universe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, man. that's it. Yeah, I'm just throwing it into the universe. Kale McCarr signed with the Flames as a free agent. Is he a free agent plus two hundred five to win the Norris. Man, that would really that would really. Uh, Put put a sock in it to all those. We don't sign anybody here. Nobody wants to come here. Boom, Kale McCarr. Then that would be it. That that take would die forever if he signed as a free agent with the free Flames. agent yeah. in the summer twenty twenty seven. Wouldn't that be awesome, guys? You could open it the rink be, with him. Yeah, it would be great. You could yeah. open the rink with him. It would. Yeah. Yes, it would be good. <laughs> that would be fun. Have him cut the ribbon with a huge pair of scissors. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> no hockey hockey skates. Have, He's got to yeah. cut it with a hockey. Have skate. him unveil his own statue before he yeah, plays it, a game with the team. Yeah. Like, retire I'm, the number. Bef- yeah. He can't even wear number six anymore. He can't wear. It. We're, he wears retired number his number or eight. Sorry. Yeah. Like if I'm the Flames, I'm like, hey. Kale, how do you want them to design the new dressing room? <laughs> Just for you. Just under- hey, I'm still under contract. What's your guys? favorite what are you thing? Doing? Oh, sorry. I totally emailed these building plans to the wrong account. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. My bad. Um, Since you got them, what do you think? <laughs> um, yesterday I had a take that Matty Rose got really upset about. He did. He was really fired up. <laughs> I was so he got mad upset. because it was one of your worst ideas you've no, ever had. I think it's a great idea. So um, we had the discussion where I'm like, hey, if you take a penalty in overtime because it's three on three, why can't we go three on two? And then Maddie comes back and goes, listen, teams score all the time when it's four on three on the power play. And I'm like, dial it back a little bit. I don't think it's that high. You said it was 90%. And I was flustered because you didn't float this by me before the show. So I was yeah. splashing around in the pool of panic. Okay. The pool okay. of truth. But also, I want to clarify, I was quite frazzled. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you were. You were frazzled yesterday. And then um, I, I got the help of our good friends at Sportsnet Stats about the actual number since last season. When teams have a power play in overtime, what is their power play percentage? Before we get to that. Can I uh, give like a, a real guess? Yeah. I said around 50%. I think it's going to be about 65. Okay. Uh, Patrick. We're right in the middle. 55%. Uh, GVP. You told me the answer yesterday. Okay, so sorry. Yes, I did. So you know. Yes. Um, the Flames were one for one on the power play in overtime last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NHL average in overtime last season, four on three, 31 for 86, 36%. Wow. Low. 41 for 86? 31 for 86? 31 for 86. 36%. Hmm. 86 times teams are shorthanded in overtime. That's not a lot. No, how many overtime games there were, and last that year. percentage is a lot lower than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Me I too. I said around fifty. 
It's even way lower than that. It's only 36%. Huh. Now, we know that you have a higher chance of scoring on four on three. That's wild because that's like that's what the that's what the devils are at right now. Yes. So, hence my idea. What would it be on three on two? And you said, what if they take another penalty? And I thought about that. Mm-hmm. You would you would go four on two. Okay. Okay, great. And then then we just get back to four on four once the penalties are over, and then it's just back to the entire reason that we started the conversation. Okay, but like the the taking two penalties back to back, it's rare. But I'm saying that would be the scenario. Yes. And you would have to once the whistle blows, you revert back to three on three. But in that situation, in a power play. Three on two, but it's rare. So it's a so so I'm throwing it out there. So we we are going to just go against what the other point is, just because it's rare and it would only happen a couple of well, times. No, yeah, if you go four on two, yes. Yeah, yeah, but I see three on two overtime. I would think would produce more goals. Okay, because we avoid the shootout. Because that's ultimately what Excellent. we're trying to do here. Great, terrible idea. Still okay. It changes nothing. Uh, we'll ask Jeff Merrick about it coming up. He's gonna. <laughs> it's just. All I could think about is this is America idea, and I still think he's going to think this is a bad idea. Okay. I'm just saying. Because I thought the number would be higher than 36%. On the power? Po- yeah. Yeah. On the four on three? Without yeah. a doubt. Definitely thought. I was, well, that might be because we just watched the Flames get smoked whenever they took a penalty in overtime yeah. last year. Yeah. And overtime was no good for the Flames last yeah, year. No, it was, it was a nightmare. A lot of PTSD when it comes to yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, a lot good, of that. They've been good this year in overtime. George wasn't here for the Predators. He wasn't. Uh, player. That, that, was that the first time you heard that yell? That was a yell I was telling you about. Oh, and yeah. you didn't hear the, Mich- the the Michigan call with the yell before the Michigan goal <laughs> like call against Tampa? That was Espo on the call too? Like, yeah, oh, es- that was a good Espo goal. had a good. Oh, let's see if you can find it still in the system here. I don't think. I think we've enough days have passed that it's kind of gone. But. Um, Flames and Stars also this evening uh, tonight down at the Dome. We'll have it for you live right here on Sportsnet 960. The pregame show gets going pretty much after our show. But Flames and Stars tonight uh, down at the Dome. And Flames played 22 games this season. We said, you know, what's been maybe the sore spot so far in the Flame season? And I think it's obviously the power play. Uh, just 27th in the NHL right now trying to find its way. But uh, I like to I like to I like to err on the side of being positive. Sure, I want to be positive, Pete. Uh-huh. Sometimes not negative, Ned. Mm-hmm. Negative, Nick. Uh-huh. I want to be positive, Pete. Sure. And what has been the most surprising thing for you through twenty two games of the Calgary Flames season? Can I give you mine so you can give you time to think? Sure. I think AJ Greer's got to be it. The, guy's- the most surprising thing is AJ Greer. Most positive thing. Okay. Um, Ooh. positive slash surprising because AJ Greer was found money. He was like when you're putting on your jeans after a long, like you got, you know, had a couple and then oh, all of a sudden 20 you wake up, and there's 20 bucks and he's like, that's AJ Greer <laughs> because AJ Greer never would have been here if there wasn't the Rooney and Pelchie injuries. Yeah. He Wouldn't, never would have been here. Isn't Pospisil a little bit more found money because that's a guy who yeah. we never heard about? Yours? I would say Markstrom's bounce back. I don't think it's surprising. I called it all off season, but it's definitely the most positive thing for this team and it's why even when they were struggling, they were able to get a couple of points early on in the year. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I would go. But Pospisil's ability to come up and be like a regular contributor and someone who gets under the skin of opponents and you know hasn't trailed off yet, getting to that 10 games in the NHL. Yep. And he's been able to stay healthy too, which has been really positive. I think that's found money because that's a guy I did not think was going to be playing on the NHL team this year. Hmm. Never once when we were going through... 
okay, do your lines on a napkin in the offseason. Did I say Pospisil is going to be in the top six, let alone the top 13? Yeah. Patrick? I think it's got to be the kids contributing, uh, having them call up and actually not looking out of place. You know, Connor Zari's looking all right. Pospisil, like you're at the point where you can't even send him down because he's probably he's going to get claimed. Um, Without a doubt, he'll get claimed. You know, like I'm I'm excited to see what Matt Coronado can do once he's back up here. Uh, once Dustin Wolf gets a, a better run as well, yep. I think the, the kids are, are contributing, and that, that's that's a positive sign going forward. GVP, what what give us a positive thing? Twenty two games into the season, kind of flying under the radar. Uh, just kind of building off what Dumas said there, the kids are getting more out of Kadri, and he's kind of come yeah. back to the player what that he was supposed mm-hmm. to be when he signed him. Yeah, I think that's a great point. It was around this point last year where he started to tail off after a really good start to the season. Now the thing is, what's what's the middle? What's the that meat of the season going to look like. Cause that's the part where it gets to be a little bit of a drag. Yeah. You get some tough opponents here, a lot of physical opponents, a lot of Western conference hockey before the holidays. I, I would like to think that he's going to be able to keep it up, but that's my biggest question. You know, it was right around here. We were talking about them being the best line on the team last season. And then they, they just kind of petered out. Which player on the team has turned their season around the most since a disappointing start. Can I start and then give yeah. you guys time to think about it? Uh-huh. Mine's Elias Lindholm. Mm-hmm. I think Lindholm was okay, but not the number one center type of play we were expecting from Elias Lindholm. And I think he's been really effective lately for the Flames, looking like Elias Lindholm again, because that's something we talked about early on in the year too. How much money is this guy costing himself right now with this really slow start? But I think he's kind of snapping back into being Elias Lindholm. And he's starting to produce a lot more. And I think he's just, he just looks more effective on the ice. He has more, he's affecting the game more than he, than he was at the beginning of the season. And I think he's flipped his season around. One of the things that I think has been important to that is just being able to play with a couple of line mates and finding something that works. Like Kevin Sharon Govich and Mangiapane have actually, I've I've liked something else too, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I, I just think that the way that they've played together. Mm-hmm. has kind of helped him turn it around. Like, watching him play with Huberto was, like, it was really hard to watch at points, just the way it refused to work, no matter how hard they both tried. Uh, so that would be one. I think Huberto's starting to turn it around, but I, I definitely have to go back to Jacob Markstrom. Like, even though, I, not recent turnaround, but... Like From in last season year, this year, like like I, I can't get there with I can't get there with Huberto yet. I can't. Like he's been he's been better. He's starting to turn it around. But I I think that has a lot to do with who he's playing with too. Well, that's what was my point with Lindholm too. Like, yeah. I don't know if any of these guys on this team are the type of player that's the upper echelon of the NHL where you can just throw a couple of plugs with them and go out there and they're going to be able to produce against other NHL lines. Mm. There's not many guys in the NHL that can do that. Right. So. Yeah, I, one of the things that's been encouraging is just the lines have all kind of set into place over the last five or six games because for a while you couldn't find anything. Nothing worked. And now the adjustments that Ryan Huska is having to make is more or less shortening the bench and just using the guys that are going. It's not changing up all the lines. It's just, hey, you're not going tonight. You're sitting down. Greer's taking your spot. He's going tonight, and we're just shortening up the bench. You guys yep. are getting one or two shifts, and that's that's how we're going to go about our business. And and it hasn't been the same guy every game. It's been different guys every game, which I think has also been important in this entire saga, the way that Husk has started out with the team. So, yeah. Who's the player who's turned their season around for you, 
Patrick? Uh, I've been liking to liking what I've seen out of Yegor Sharangovich over the last okay. few weeks as well. He's been, uh, I mean, yeah, he's not getting them. He's had three points in a game there a couple times as well, I believe. I think he was one. on the fourth line there for yeah. a few games. Yeah, and he's he's kind of shot his way back up there. He's got the he's got that shot that we all know that he can use, and uh, I think you know once he gets more more chances and whatnot, it'll it'll, it'll start going his way. I think. I don't know if he's going to be that. 30 goal guy constantly, but if this is a guy that can trip in 20 goals, I think you're all right. GVP, who's the guy who's kind of turned their season around right now for the Flames? I was on the same page with Patrick. Like early on in the season with Sharon Govich, I was wondering if, if this guy's going to have to sit a couple games or I, I wasn't noticing him at, at all. He's just a complete ghost. But over this last couple stretch of games, I, I've kind of realized that I've seen some of the potential as to why Flames management were uh, interested in trading for him. Yeah, again, he's a guy that has a lot of he's got size. Good tools. Yeah, yeah, and and again, that there was instances there where he was frustrating to watch at the beginning of the season. Another thing that I think is a big time positive, like a couple I, weeks ago, we weren't throwing his name out there to possibly be on the first unit power play, and we were kind right. of discuss, discussing that today. And he's a shootout wizard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, um, when it comes to the Flames, that's something we talked about early on in the season. How uh, it's a copycat league. And a lot of teams were trying to mirror what the Vegas Golden Knights did in their defensive zone with the zone coverage. I think the Flames have kind of picked it up now because they look a lot more organized in their own end. And I think that's a testament to what Ryan Huska was trying to hammer home with these guys. And I think it's obviously paying dividends with how well this team has been playing lately. Yeah, well, and that's one thing that was one of the reasons for panic early on in the season. Like, how many times did they just get hemmed in their own zone? And Marstrom has to make these incredible saves to bail him out. Well, and a lot of the goals that were beating him, it was like, okay, low to high, D to D, shot through traffic. This zone coverage is creating just traffic in front of the net, and it gets through four sets of legs and right through Markstrom, and you're kind of like, well, I don't know what what he's supposed to do in a lot of these situations. But I think they've been a lot better with that. I think they've been a lot better at kind of just making sure that Everybody is in the right spot. Everyone communicates really well, moving things in the right places. So, yeah, it's it's been one of the things that has moved in the right direction. Like, once again, I continue to go back to having continuity and things playing together, and your three pairs have essentially been set. There was a lot of movement earlier on in the season, guys in and out, um, and now they've kind of decided, hey, we're going to run with Dennis Gilbert and Zadorov as the third, Hannafin and Tanev, bring them back together from, you know, when Hannafin really had his breaking out season. One of the reasons was he played with Chris Tanev. Yep. And the two guys that, well, you know one is going to be here for a while and you hope the other one's going to be here for a long time as well, and Anderson and Weger, play them together. Everyone else might be gone. Why don't you just play the two guys that are definitely going to be here together? Build that chemistry. And Weger's a guy that he's kind of, continuing what he did the last quarter of last season. And I like having last those... Last even half of last season. Yeah, 100%. I like what those two are able to do as a couple of righties. Um, I'm I'm never a huge fan of having two guys that are the same hand on a pair because I just think it opens you up to problems that you don't really need oh. to open yourself up to. Mike Babcock is smiling somewhere while you're saying that right I now. just think, you know what, these guys are pros and they can pick a puck off the boards on their backhand without a doubt, but the chances of them messing it up are higher. That yeah. That's a fact. And the amount of times that you can limit mistakes happening, you should try and do that. Now, yeah. that being said, Anderson and Uyghur always have a one-timer available. So there's also that which has been nice for them to have at 5-on-5. Five five. And Weger can rip the puck pretty good, too. Uh, Dan Vladar coming off a sparkling start against the Golden Knights and uh, in a start that he never thought he was getting. And LaBarbera talked about it post-game, uh, too, that he even worked really hard in practice that day 
because he didn't think he was getting the start at night to get his work in, and all of a sudden he gets thrown in. Markstrom's ill. Uh, Markstrom apparently going to get the start tonight, uh, we think, for the Calgary Flames coming off that illness. But Dan Vladar is a guy that, again, continues to be rock solid as the backup of this team and a guy that potentially, because we keep talking about the, the blue line and Lindholm and what their futures hold, but is Dan Vladar going to be on this team after the deadline? I don't know. I... Because everybody's pining for Dustin Wolf, and obviously the guy's done everything humanly possible to, to, to earn a shot here with the Calgary Flames. And again, management said that they want to give him more starts, which is cool. Croner. But like, what has Dan Vladar done not to be, you know... Exactly. Like, to, to be that he's a very rock-solid backup, and maybe Dan is mm-hmm. a guy that can be a number one goaltender yep. in the NHL, and this is more of a conversation we'll have with Croner yeah. tomorrow when he joins us in studio, but... I think Croner's got a, maybe a different opinion on Dan Vladar than a lot of people have about it. He, he said it with us on Monday. Uh, he also he mentioned that Dustin Wolf has risks maybe getting a little bored. Yeah, we, had a, we had a long conversation Tuesday, yeah, I believe Tuesday. it was, yeah, yeah. after Monday's game yeah. about Dustin Wolf and Dan Vladar and Jacob Markstrom. We spent about a half hour on that with Cron on, Mon- on Tuesday. And one of the things that Brent said is, yeah, Dan Vladar's probably a backup. You know, that's, that's what he is. Um, and you do want to mm-hmm. get Dustin Wolf more time because at a certain point he is going to become. I don't. Between, you want I don't you don't want to lose him between the years. Yeah, that's where you risk with Dustin. Well, because he's the Flames' number one prospect right now. I would say yes. Yeah, that's fair. Well, with the awards he's won, yeah. in the American Hockey yep. League and what you know he's viewed as, easily, he's probably their number one prospect. And but, since and again, down, but I brought up this point, and I'm super interested. Is he okay to be the backup to Jacob Markstrom? How is he going to handle not playing, you know, playing once every, you know, few days that in the American Hockey League, he's the number one. There's no question. He's getting a lot of ton of game But that's a natural transition for all of these guys. It absolutely is. But it is hard to be a backup goaltender in the National Hockey League, just based on how they do it. But it's also hard to be a starter. It's it's not like Marsham's signed from here to eternity, you know? Well, he does have two years left, It's only two years, though. Right. That's what I'm saying. I just want, how is he going to deal with being a backup? I think that just like you, if you're a goalie, you can't look at that and say, oh, this schedule is going to be hard to adapt to. Like the AHL schedule is weekends and back to backs. The NHL schedule is three games a week every other day. You have a lot of downtime during the week. Yeah, there's a lot of downtime for Mm -hmm. Dustin Wolf in between starts as is. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think that that one. It's is... just a roundabout way of me saying I'm not that quick to trade Vladar because he's really good at what he does. When he comes in there, he gives the Flames a very good chance of winning a hockey game because he's guess. been a very solid backup goaltender. He did that but once, at the same time, but yeah. he also didn't have a good outing against Colorado. No, he didn't. But also, and over his last couple of years, he's had like stretches where you're like, this guy's a one, and then he's had stretches where you're like, this guy can't stop the puck. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of the dude, but I don't know. I, I think at a certain point you do have to trade him. I don't think it's going to be the deadline because I just think moving a goalie is tough. I don't know if the Flames are going to use one of their three retention spots on a guy who's at $2.2 million and still has term after it. So I I would think it's more of an offseason thing because he is signed for one more year. Yeah. But that's kind of the way and, I look at it. The other we, thing, too, is like, you know, knock on wood and all that jazz. Someone's probably going to get banged up. Well, yeah, well, again, Markstrom's sick. These things happen to goaltenders. Exactly. Um, also, that's a gift that Brad Tree Living left the Calgary Flames was that very solid Dan Lidar contract. Very reasonable, low yeah. cap hit for a guy who's a very serviceable National Hockey like League 8.2 is quite a bit to be sending spending between the pipes. Between six for Markstrom and Vladar 2.2. It's quite a bit. Right. But, mm-hmm. yeah. 
but when you sign a free agent goaltender, you got to pay a little more than what you want to. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't think the Flames regret but the it, one second signing Jacob Markstrom at six million dollars. True, no, that's that that wasn't what I was saying. I'm just saying but, it's a little expensive. And if you could get, you know, Dustin Wolf needs a new contract after this season. Look but, how much the Panthers are paying and uh, playing in that. Uh, Kings. Paying in that. The Kings aren't paying anything, and they're on an absolute heater. All and right, we got to get to Jeff Merrick. Uh, he's next. Keep your favorite TV themes shows coming in. Uh, we'll play some at the top of the hour too. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Supports at nine sixty. The fan.